0: Do you wish there was someone you could talk to openly about money? Someone who could talk to you like a Jewish woman, understanding what your values are and your desire to build a rich life without you needing to apologize or compromise. Someone who could be upfront with you about the Jewish way to build wealth. And I've got a surprise for you. It's my favorite event of the whole year. The I'm ready five day retreat with me, Yael yeah, Trush. Over the course of five days together, you will discover the Jewish money secrets that will make you richer. Yes, you heard that right. No taboo, no shame, transformative. In fact, participants have called it life-changing, eliciting breakthroughs every single day, and fun. It's going to be both deep and fun, so much fun. Head over to yaeltrush.com forward slash retreat to register for an epic five-day experience starting December 12th. I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you ready to discover the Jewish money secrets that will make you richer? Then head over to yaeltrush.com forward slash retreat to register. Jewish Money Matters episode 295. Ask Yael you're listening to jewish money matters the podcast where jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business money is a means to serve god in this world with joy to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world i want you to discover the secrets to jewish wealth to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trash, your host. Welcome to the show. Another Ask Yael Friday, 295 episodes. Did you guys realize that? I mean, ladies, that is absolutely insane and wonderful on so many levels. I, what can I say? We're about to hit 300 episodes Do you think I ever imagined when I started this podcast that I'd be having 300 episodes? I didn't. I really didn't. So maybe that's a lesson in life. Just start. (laughs) I actually have some interesting ideas for the show. I always have interesting ideas for the show. Maybe some new things will be executed in 2023. Stay tuned. Stay with me. I haven't thought about the celebration, though. Mm, I wish you do something. I know I said that last week. So if you have ideas, let me know. I'm happy to hear. On a similar note, I want to make sure that you are invited to my upcoming five-day retreat. It's not our celebration, but it's really fun. <laughs> it's I'm ready. Five free days to discover the Jewish secrets that will make you richer. Yes, 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 indeed. I think you probably got the memo. Um, if you didn't, you know where to enroll. It's at yaeltrush.com forward slash retreat. This is happening. And mostly really thanks to you. I had some ladies in the audience asking when is this happening again? When will you do a retreat again? Some people have done my retreat in the past. Some people have done it in Spanish in the past. Anyway, I had thoughts of pushing it off till January, believe it or not. But I went on a limb and I said, they're asking me to do it. Let's do it. Let's do it now. And I'm actually really, really excited that I did it. Thanks to all of you who've already joined. We actually just opened our private Facebook group for the retreat. And I'm excited to see so many of you there. I've also noticed people asking me whether you need to be on Facebook to participate. No, you don't just register. We'll figure we're going to be sending you all the information and we're going to make sure that you participate and you can submit the homework and be part of the prices and all that. Of course, it's very nice to have everybody live with me on Facebook. But if you can't do it, or because you're busy at work, or you're not on the platform or whatever, don't worry, we will be sending you replays. You'll have the opportunity to take full participation and gain the most from the retreat. In fact, I would recommend you bring an accountability buddy, you have a friend join with you and you can hold each other accountable, you can do the little homework, you could even do it together, you can submit it, you can make sure you did it that way you participate and you, you know, um, take part of the raffle for the prizes. It's always a lot of fun. I like to incentivize people to take action. I think you know that. Um, so I'm excited to see you there. That's at yeltrush.com forward slash retreat. Also earlier this week, I shared an interview with Tamima Gass. Um, she interviewed me on the topic of bringing Bitahan to your business. That was really nice. If you didn't catch it, I encourage you to listen. And then on Wednesday, we had a mini-sode. It was really a piece of an answer that I gave to someone struggling with guilt, feeling guilty uh, about her husband's lack of success with Parnassa, with livelihood and. This was part of a panel hosted by Gila Levitt inside her membership. And that was also a lot of fun. So I took a little piece of that to share with you, which I thought was really important. It's something that I definitely, as I said, have struggled with. So go back and listen to that. And today I'm going to do something a little bit similar. Again, I've been in a lot of panels recently, I'm actually going to skip questions. And I'll tell you why, honestly, because I want to preserve my voice for next week's retreat. Is that okay? Uh, I have a lot on my plate with newspaper articles to Hand in my editor is after me. Let's just say, and really, I I aside from that, I I should stay off the mic. Need to take it easy because the show is on. And if you've ever been with me, you know that when I'm I have a retreat, I'm all in. I'm fully on for you next week, the whole week. So head over to com forward slash retreat. We've got mentors to help you out throughout the retreat and encourage you. These are some of my best students and they're wonderful. They'll keep you motivated. They'll help you out. They'll incentivize you, you know, to do your homework. And of course, like I said, there's going to be prices. I mean, I love prices. Um, See, that's what we got to talk about a celebration. Okay, somebody give me ideas for the celebration because my head is in the retreat right now. Um, (laughs) So register and bring a friend bring an accountability buddy, as I said, Um, that will increase the chances that you actually, you know, make the most of it. And I think, you know, the next time I'm going to make it like a requirement or something because I really do believe in accountability. But let's talk about what's on the show today. And then I'm really going to Not exercise my voice anymore. On the show today, instead of questions, like I said, I will bring you an interview that I did back in Elul at the Shalva Shift Summit hosted by the lovely Miriam Gitlin. I did not know Miriam before. I believe she was a listener. She reached out to me. She's a tremendously, um, you know, wonderful woman who put a a summit that was a very, very successful, just like this other summit that I told you about before earlier this week, Miriam did something similar in LO, and it was a hit. And Miriam is a life coach, she really approaches things soul first, something that if you know me, you know, you know, I'm totally on board with that thinking about our souls first primarily. So Anyway, back in Ello, Miriam had this beautiful summit. You probably heard about it through my newsletter because I remember talking about it. And today I thought, you know, it's not Elo anymore um, or even Tishrei, obviously, but really everything that we spoke about, Miriam and I, really is so inspirational and applicable at all times. And perhaps... Now, you know, the winter months, and we're already kind of knee deep in work, we need that bit of inspiration, at least to get us through the next few days until Hanukkah, yay, until the beautiful lights. And I don't only speak about Elul during that conversation, but I do speak a lot, a great deal about the recession and other topics that you will definitely find timely and relevant. I hope so. Uh, Just a little note that you can find Miriam and her work at miriamgitlin.com. And here's my wonderful conversation with her. I hope you enjoy, and I definitely hope to see you this coming week at the Am Ready Retreat. That's going to be from December 12th to the 16th. Register for free at yaeltrush.com forward slash retreat.
1: Money and Rosh Hashanah, it's a really heavy topic.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well- for,
1: for many reasons,
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. for a pra- on a practical level, because the whole month of Trish Ray costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also, I think, I think on, a, on, a, on a deeper level, we all know that our sustenance, um, our allotment of our livelihood is being decreed between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So there's that concept and that kind of added, you know, pressure, how do I show up for this? How do I show up in my relationship with God when, you know, everything's going to be decreed. And, and then once we're out of that throughout the year, as we're now in El evaluating our year, and making kind of accounting of how were things going during the year? How do I? How do I reconcile that with the fact that, I was supposed to put effort during the year, right? And I, I am required to put effort next year as well. And yet here I am standing on the cusp of Rosh Hashanah, knowing that everything's going to be allotted for me. So where do we find, where, where do these seeming, con, seemingly contradictory terms or concepts that we see in the Talmud? How do, how do they reconcile? So on the one hand, everything is decreed. On the other hand, we are judged every single day. And we are supposed to pray our prayers and we pray daily for our material needs, right? And the Torah has told us that God will bless us in all that we do. Um, So how do we reconcile these ideas? And I think it's important for us to, as we're coming to the new year, we understand that it's both. It's actually both. It's it's one on the one hand, yes, God is bestowing our blessings during this time of year between the 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, right? And that then gets channeled that spiritual allotment that we all receive on a very individual basis. Cause God is treating us as an individual. We have individual relationships with our creator, right? God, God, God bestows that, that spiritual energy, sort of speak, but then it has to come down into materiality. And that's where the partnership happens. That's where we come in, right? That's where our effort comes in, both in prayer and in engaging with the natural order of the World, being our business, being our bank accounts, being our career, right? Being financially responsible, all those things that we do that seemingly are um, not so spiritual, right? That kind of one could say God is out of the picture. God forbid God is never out of the picture, right? But they seem to be within that order, that independent order of existence, which is not independent, but seems to be independent, right? Um, So that's when that comes into play. And it's really beautiful for us to note that. God is bestowing right, the blessings, and yet we are also part of the blessing. Yet we are also active agents in making sure that all the goodness that he's bestowed upon us and God does only good comes down in a material, physical, palpable, tangible way that I can perceive as good. And I have a lot to do with that. That's where my relationship with God comes in. And that's this time of year, we're kind of doing that accounting of, well, how is that relationship? And how is it through the way I relate to God, the way I relate to others, right? They both go hand in hand. And how to, can I improve on that? So I think there's a lot here. Um, And I went really deep right off the bat, but I just think those are kind of the topics that we sort of struggle with um, on a deep level. Maybe it's not a conscious level, maybe we're all saying, Oh, no, I'm struggling with paying my bills. But really, there's always that that deeper inner struggle of "Well, God is blessing me, why do I even have to deal with these bills? Right? Right? God could have made it that I don't have to engage in this work. And I don't have to deal with the spreadsheet. And I don't have to deal with the bills. And I don't have to sit with my husband and talk about it. And yet he didn't, yet he didn't. He created a world where he expects us to be engaged. He created a world where he appears to be detached because he's giving that. He's giving us that um, sort of illusion of an independent existence, asking us to take part in bringing down the blessings, the blessings for ourselves. And moreover, it extends into the entire world, right? Because when I get material blessings, I create an impact where I am perfecting the world, God's world. So um, It's a ripple effect.
1: Yeah, yeah. That is such an important point. And I think that's really where people kind of get confused on how much of an impact I actually do have. And here's where you talk about something called money stories, which Mm. is an idea I don't think everyone's aware of, but it's really impactful. And it helps us get down to the core of really what kind of part. Are we playing in this picture that we don't even realize?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The money story is really some subconscious tape that you know has been recreated um, throughout our lives from very early on up until today. Every relation, every interaction, every relate, every relationship relationship's not the word. Every interaction we've had with money, um, the way we've heard it spoken about, the things we've experienced, the things we've done, all of this shapes this story. That we carry on in our subconscious, and very often we attach a negative, um, a negative connotation. There's negative meanings in that story that kind of hinder how we're going to operate with money. And I'll tell you something interesting also about this story. The story is also influenced by the environment that we're in. So we can't deny that at the end of the day, we are in a state of exile. We don't have revelation. We don't, you know, what I just explained is like, oh, it's so nice to hear. Right. But I don't see it. I don't, I don't, it's it's hard for me to stay in that zone. Right. When I'm in the nitty gritty, like, oh no, 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 but God is with me and he's bestowed me with blessings. Right. It's very hard to stay there because God seems to be removed. Right. So because we're in a state of exile, we, and we don't see godliness revealed we also are exposed to louder voices and louder influences that are opposite, the opposite of godliness, right? The opposite of the Torah's truth, the, the truth of our soul. So very often we adopt stories, mindsets, beliefs, behaviors that are not in align with Torah, that don't suggest what the Torah wants us to to be thinking about money, or the way we want to be speaking about money, or the way we want to be behaving with money, right? Um, And then we come to a place where we're like, oh, wait, maybe this doesn't serve me. Maybe this has nothing to do with the way I want to serve God in the world. Maybe this is not aligned with who I really am. And so this story needs to be rewritten, right? And um, we can all take part in, you know, kind of like thinking, looking and doing exercises on You know, what is it that I really believe about money? Where is that coming from? And a great place to start is well, our home of origin, right? What did we see? What did we experience? But of course, there's more than that. These is like these are like layers of exploration. But I do love the process of getting to our money story because we can't change anything that we're not aware of, right? So the first step is always in any process of change is awareness. Once I have that awareness, I can say, oh, yeah, no, I totally want to change that. Now, is the process of change going to be simple? Is it going to be like switching a light switch on and off? No, of course not. It's going to take time. And it's going to take, again, that awareness of saying, oh, here's what I'm believing when I'm behave, when I'm behaving this way. And I recognize that I don't want to believe that, right? I want to believe that God is good. I want to believe that this effort is going to put the right results. I want to believe that I don't have to overexert myself. And there's all sorts of positive beliefs that I want to believe and embrace and manifest in my behavior that perhaps I haven't been doing till today. And that's great because now I'm aware, right? And it could be that I grew up in a household where I didn't see these things modeled, I, I saw tremendous amount of stress about money, and and I didn't see uh, a nurturing of, of 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 trust and bitachon and absolute reliance on the Creator. Or I saw over exertion with word or I with work. Or I saw perhaps paradigms where you know work had to be life-sucking and it had to be just work on whatever it is, as long as it pays the bills, right? And it's like, no, 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 no. God has given me talents and capabilities and he wants me to find a vessel, a means for livelihood within those talents and capabilities and passions and natural inclinations, not because, you know, I just have to do it, right? So we start understanding that we may have been receiving certain models that are not really what, the Torah wants from us because it's not for our own benefit and we can now start shifting them. So there's, there's a lot, there's a lot in that. And I think I encourage everybody listening to kind of like start exploring their money story. What they've seen at home is a great, you know, what they learn in their, um, in their home of origin is a great place to start, and what their own experiences have, you know, kind of results. it resulted in certain disappointments, certain um, beliefs, or stuff like that, so that we can start changing. Um, and of course, you know, nurturing yourself with learning more about what is the right Jewish framework, what is the right Jewish approach to work, to making a living, all of that um, can ca- helps us counterbalance. All of those messages which are so prevalent, not just because they're in our money story already, but they're so prevalent in society as a whole and they're constantly impacting how we how we view things and how we act.
1: Yeah, that is really powerful. And I so relate to that actually because I remember when I was, you know, in my late teens and twenties, and I was deciding what I was gonna do, and I was just like, I wanted to be a writer um but I was like well writing doesn't pay the bills so right. I'll I'll write when I'm rich and I'll I'll do something really practical and it came to a certain point where I wasn't rich I wasn't getting rich and I just wanted to write and mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just you know that's when I was like you know what why can't I make money writing why can't that be my Parnassa and yes And you know, so I took that leap and that became my Parnassa and it was amazing and fulfilling. I was like, why didn't I do this 10 years earlier? I love that. I love that. And we should like that story, we should
0: like like scream it from the rooftops Mm -hmm. because everybody needs to hear it, right? Everybody needs to know that, yeah, it does take what you said, it's a leap of faith. But I do firmly believe that when we're working from a place of alignment with who we are. And again, you knew you wanted to be a writer. The truth is for many of us, it takes a lot of trial and error to even get in tune with what that is. What is it that I'm really good at? So I'm not saying that this is as simple as, you know, you woke up one day, there's very few people in the world. You're very fortunate that you knew from an early age, but there are very few of us who actually know, but taking the time and having the curiosity to explore what that is. What is it that I'm talented at? What is that thing that I love? I would love to solve and I'm good at solving. What is that corner of the world that I can help with? Right. And often our peers will be able to tell us we might not even see it ourselves. Right. And understanding that that's a real signpost that that is where I need to be directing myself to make that vessel for my livelihood.
1: Yeah. I love that. And I love that you're talking about money and looking inside at ourselves and what our Nishama is pulled to, because it's just been so great with this summit, just speech after speech, interview after interview, we just keep coming back, whatever the topic is to that same point of looking inside and seeing, you know, what our own unique voice is, unique rut zone, you know, what are we pulled to and and the recognition that, you know, that's where our Vodas Hashem lies. And that's how like, Hashem gave us that uniqueness for a reason. Mm. And that's how we can connect to him. So yeah, yeah that's great. And with money. Yeah. yeah.
0: And in a world where we want instant gratification and we think things, you know journeys happen like this, right? Like the entrepreneurial journey is super fast. And, you know, we, we, we listen to these success stories in a world like that. It's hard. It's very easy for us to get frustrated. And we tend to get frustrated with God almighty, who is there, bestowing blessings, right? So developing that conversation and being open to having that conversation where yes, I'm trying to do my part, but I'm here standing in prayer relying on you as well, I think is also crucial. Otherwise we'll go nuts. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know, yeah. I I think one of the, there's two money stories that I've been thinking about that I think are really big for a lot of people, um, especially Rosh Hashanah time where one of them is the idea that, Money is materialistic. It's kind of like the opposite of a voter And and here we are, Rosh Hashanah's time, thinking about what's going to be decreed and everything that we want. And and there's this like push pull, because on the one hand, we're pulled towards it. And on the other hand, oh no, this is, you know, this is the opposite of a session So I know you've got amazing stuff to share about the Torah perspective on this. So Please <laughs> go ahead.
0: So, I, so I, I disagree that it's the opposite of a Vodah Hashem. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that's where we need to start and understand that that's a completely gallows mentality. It's mm-hmm. not true. That is a, that is not a Jewish belief. That is there are other faiths. Who believe this. <laughs> I'm not going to mention that, right? <laughs> but we do not believe that materiality is the opposite of spirituality. God forbid. It's like saying that your body and your soul are not as equally important. They need to work together. You can't have one without the other. So in the same way that I can't reject my body, because if I were rejecting it, I would be rejecting the house of my soul. And my soul needs my body. That's why God gave it to me. God didn't give me my body so it could hinder my soul. God gave me my body so that it could advance the pursuit of the soul, what the soul is meant here to do. And so it is with every physical thing that God blesses us with in this world. He doesn't give it to us to hinder us, to trap us, to no, God forbid. He gives us to us as a tool so that our neshama, our soul can do what it needs to do. So once we get that, then we can, ah, we can breathe a sigh of relief and say, I am so comfortable asking for health as well as I'm asking, I'm comfortable asking for wealth, right? Because I need it all, right? There's, it's, it's not like one is, oh, I shouldn't, it's selfish. It's, No, 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 I can handle it all because I'm coming at this from the perspective of I am a soul who has to perform certain things. And in order to do them, well, God put me in this world of Asia in this world of action. If he didn't need me to use materiality, he would have left me up there. There are other worlds I could be in. Right. But I'm in this one. So if I'm in this one, I need the health. I need the wealth. I need the peace. I need the creativity. I need all of it. Right right to perform in this world and god knows that so i have to kind of reframe and go back to this model where oh yeah i'm a partner right i have a mission i'm here god what do you need from me and evidently if you think i'm worthy of being here in this world then obviously you're going to give me the resources so to to believe god forbid that materiality that wealth that money is the opposite of spirituality is, is tantamount to saying, you know, your physical body is the opposite of your neshama. No, they have different needs, but the, they, they serve the same, their same purpose. They're going towards the same objective. We're going through to one destination. And as we're going through that destination, everything that God gives us is needs to be pointed towards that destination. And yes, the driver of the destination needs to be the soul. Not, not, not the money, not the body, not obviously it's what is, what is the soul being put here to do in this material world? So the soul will utilize all of these resources. So we have to, you know, when I think when, I think when we grasp that and again, it takes a while because we've been conditioned right for so many years. Um, it is a condition of exile period, right? When we grasp that, then we can have this much healthier relationship With money, and by the way, we'll have it also with ourselves in terms of what I said before: the frustration, the lack of satisfaction, the you know the the self esteem if I don't have enough money or more money than my sister in law or this or whatever it might be, and my relationship with God, and you know, and all of that, all of all of what that implies, right? Relationship with others also. So a lot of healing can happen if we understand that. It's not an antagonistic relationship.
1: And there is another thing that I think people are really dealing with right now with all this talk of a recession and seeing prices rising and people, you know, really struggling from from that perspective. Yeah. So, you know, there are more money stories, more, more ideas coming up. Triggers. Uh, triggers for sure. A lot of fear, a lot of anxiety and you know, how can we I guess bring Hashem into the picture more and also just, you know, view this this kind of situation?
0: Yeah. So first of all, you just nailed it on the head. We have to bring Hashem into the picture. And uh, the more the world around us tries to throw us in a state of panic and fear and tries to lower our perspective to the natural reality, what, the rest of the world is, can tap into, the more we have to resist by bringing God in and and, and, and living in that higher reality, which means that I'm not limited by the laws of economics and the laws of recessions and the laws of markets and the laws of governments, right? None of that limits the Jew, unless we succumb to that, unless we stay in that perspective. If we stay in that perspective, then of course, we operate within nature. But a Jew has the to work above nature, and that's the beauty of it. So the world is going to throw all the all of it at us, and it's. I'm not suggesting that your bills are not higher right now. Oh my gosh, are they higher? Right, like we are all struggling, right, in terms of seeing that. Oh, our money's not buying as much, so we're all facing the challenge. the 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 The, the idea here is. What do we do with the challenge, right? Do we panic? Do we get into arguments? Do we get frustrated? Or do we say, God, uh, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and send me signs if I need to change directions, right? Keep that engagement with the higher power, with the source of the blessing, because the recession, the money, the markets, they actually are all a farce. They don't, it's, it's all like, it's all a facade. It's all a facade. They don't really determine whether you're going to be able to put your child through school or not. You might think so because you might see the the the, the money. Right. But that's like saying, oh, but I don't rely on the fact that God could send me the forty thousand dollars that I need for tuition somewhere else. Right. Right. And so. What I'm saying is, we need to empower ourselves to hold on to those tools if we want to change that reality. If we want to stay and do things like everybody else, like the whole world, okay, stay there. But I guarantee you that if you want to transcend that reality and be in peace and in more comfort in a more comfortable place, because the up ups and downs are always going to happen. There's going to be pandemics, there's going to be recessions, there's going to be hurricanes. It, there's going to be A year where your business completely like stalls, right? These things are always going to happen. The challenge is where are you going to be mentally? How are you going to be able to navigate those waves that are going to happen? They're part of the way God created the world. But a Jew has the capability with work. I'm not saying it's flipping a light switch, but we have the capability to navigate the waters, the turbulent waters in peace and tranquility when we connect to God. And by that, I mean learning about trust, like literally actively every day learning about trust. I mean, through prayer and I mean through joy. I think joy is something that we don't speak about enough, but joy is a big component of making a living, serving God with joy, with pleasure, with not feeling like this is such a burden and my life is a burden, right? Showing up with that kind of joyful energy that Oh my gosh, I'm here. I'm having an interview with Miriam. That's part of my schedule today, right? This is part of what I need to do. And then I need to go make lunch and make dinner. And it's so crazy, but this is life. And I'm so happy that I get to live life, right? Everybody has to find it somehow, but I'm saying let's not neglect that that is a big part of the equation. So if I would say three things that we could all work on to really combat the, the noise out there about the recession and the panic, Um, would be, you know, prayer, trust and simcha. And please, on a very practical level, listen, let's stay out of listening to the news, right? We have enough. We know it. We know, we know what the receipts are. We know what the bills are. Do we really need to be plugged to everything that everybody's saying out there, right? It's not conducive to peace, to tranquility and to creativity because these times are actually very opportune times to take advantage of opportunities. Usually you find that recessions, there's some people that succumb and then there's people who thrive, right? There's people who do amazing things. When you're put in that burner, right? You're like, okay, now what do I do differently? Right? It's like, but we have to be in that elevated energy where we can be creative, where we can be receptive to, oh, God sent me that person who called me about this project that I was thinking about five years ago. Isn't that crazy? Right? But if I don't see the dots because I'm too narrow focused and my panic and my fear, the opportunity is like dot dot is Giving us the opportunity. It's like, Oh, we let it pass by. Right. So I encourage all of us to take a step back to really say, okay, what is the higher level? I want to be looking at everything. Do I really want to be down here? Right. Or do I want to see things from God's perspective? And that's going to bring me to this place of creativity, of openness, of simcha, of joy, which is exactly all the things that I need to make a better living. Right. To withstand. Okay. The reality of, yeah, things got more expensive. Okay, but I I got it covered somehow. Not me, but because I'm plugging into infinity to God, and God Almighty has ways to help me get it covered.
1: Wow. Well, wow. thank you, y'all. That was very powerful, and I love that you brought in you know the tefillah and the and bitachon and the simcha because you know sometimes we we forget about that part and. And you know the examples that you brought for simcha are really just you know being being present, being in my day. I don't need something special mm-hmm. to feel simcha, and I don't need to have the perfect life. It doesn't mean that I I can have problems and I can feel pain. I can feel or I can feel all the things, but I can also feel feel simcha at the same time. Yes, and, you know by just rounding, you know in the moment and, and being present and aware and appreciative.
0: You know, if I could tell you one story on on that, you just reminded me of about the topic of the recession. There was a um, Rabbi Aryeh Levine, um, known as the Tzaddik of Jerusalem, shares a story that among the many people who came to visit Rabbi Aria, um, one time there was an economic depression in Israel in the early years, and a man came with a panicked face and he used to be a government official. And, you know, he came to say, you know, if there's layoffs all over Israel. I'm really, really concerned that I'm going to be the next one. And it was true. There were layoffs everywhere. I mean, every company was cutting. Every government office was cutting, right? Because they needed to cut expenses. So this man was so concerned. And Rabatari kept listening and like nothing, like it didn't face him. So this man is like, but don't, do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> and he's like, no, like what's all the worry? No, no, no. You don't understand Rabbi, what I'm trying to tell you. He says, wait a minute, if somebody told me that God Almighty was getting laid off that he was not going to be at his post as as his job, then there surely would be reason to worry. But God Almighty is not going anywhere. So what's the reason to panic? I thought that's such a beautiful perspective. That's what we have to have in mind. The world is going to tell us it's recession and it's the economy. Yeah, it's true. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's not there. I'm saying, okay, everybody's getting fired. God's not getting fired. Let's not fire God. God forbid we are like leaving God out of the question. It's like we're saying, okay, God, goodbye. No, no, no. God is staying exactly where he is. And as long as he's there, oh, you can be sure you're going to be fine but you have to be open to that. You have to be open to that relationship. And that's what is all about, that what are we doing right now? We are trying to say, oh my goodness, this is a deep relationship. In fact, the king is in the field, right? We know that God is a lot more accessible to us now in a way that I could really, really talk to him in a way that he's really much more receptive. So this is the time to say, Oh, I want that kind of relationship. I want that kind of closeness because come Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the relationship might be a little different, but if I've nurtured the fact that I am talking to my father who loves me dearly, like I'm an only child born to parents in their old age, then that is going to carry me through every up and down, every financial up and down, God forbid, every challenge, any challenge that might come.
1: And I, I love that you brought the story with Ari Levine, which had to happen some, what, like 70 years ago? I don't know. Yeah, a, long a, long time long ago. Ago. a long time ago, more than 70 um, years. Yes. Yeah. And it's the same. Yeah, there was a recession then. People were getting right. laid off and there was a session now and 200 years ago and 300, you know, it's it's right. just, you know, a repeating cycle. But the constant is that Hashem's never getting fired. Right, and on that
0: note, how about we finally break the cycle? How about we become the generation who says, no, we're not going to fall into the trap of the panic and anxiety. I mean, what would that do? We literally would bring the Shiach now. Like literally, if we had that awareness, if we all like change the chip and really behave like we believe it, like we believe that there is a God in the world who's managing everything and that I am taken care of. Oh my goodness, right? We just did it. (laughs) Thanks to everyone for being here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to leave a review and rating. And of course, be sure to register to join me all of next week at the I'm Ready Retreat. Five days that I'll be with you giving you some of my best content. And hey, share the wealth as I like to say. Yes. Share the retreat page with a friend and bring her along. Along, not alone. Don't do it alone. (laughs) Bring her along. The more ladies, seriously, the more, I think you know this, right? The more ladies who work on changing their relationship with money and adopting the wisdom the jewish wisdom that's already in their toolkit and you know i'm just kind of revealing something that is it's in your inner toolkit and i'm giving you the permission to utilize it right and the more of us we get to that point where we're really applying this wisdom to our money management the better we're all going to be you know the ripple effects you know how it impacts our homes our children our society at large so head over to yaltrush.com forward slash retreat. Remember, it's all in the women. I think you know this, right? So it behooves us to, you know, get good at this stuff and share that with a friend as well. yaltrush.com forward slash retreat. I'll see you there as well as right here on Monday when we're going to talk about real estate investing. Stay tuned. Shabbat Shalom.